0: Okay, guys, so thanks for uh, listening to this podcast. It's me, uh, Nano, and... Wait, what are you doing? Hugo Sanders. St- I
1: thought we were going to talk about what we were going to say before we we were going to do. I'm just I'm starting
0: <laughs> it like this. Oh, uh, my gosh. Well, so, well, we just
1: wanted to talk about what this episode about.
0: Okay, well, tell them. Well, this episode it's about?
1: A, it was our first interview. Maybe we... We suck. No. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't that great. It was our first one. We didn't really ask a lot of questions, so we failed
0: in Misery. a way. Yes, we failed. Okay, but, but not make him want to hear, listen to it. <laughs> it was like, let's just turn this off.
1: <laughs> are we starting over? No, no, no. Oh, my God. So, just listen, and, um, you know, if you guys want to li- read this guy's book, Mr. Philip.
0: Yeah, really cool guy, and the book is on Amazon, so check it out and listen to this long, long interview, but and there's some cool stuff we did talk about. Yeah, there is some cool stuff. Transgender stuff, and what else did yeah, we talk about? Yeah,
1: um... Uh, oh, how to write
0: uh, a book? The yeah, steps towards to the end, guys.
1: Towards the end, people, it it, it gets That's some interesting. More, more towards what our podcast is normally about. Exactly. Towards so, the end
0: of it. Hope you guys like it. Check it out. Check it out.
2: Yeah. What what church do you go to? Um, so the church I go to just barely started like last year. Um, mm. and it's uh, Purpose of Heart Ministries in um, Moreno Valley. Uh, right now we're we're under uh, being looked at by Calvary Chapel to see if we can be at a Calvary Chapel affiliate. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But I originally was going, before my backslide, I was going to Free Indeed in Paris. It used to be a set free ministry, but then I went to a Calvary Chapel.
1: I used to go to um, Calvary Chapel, uh, Morno Valley. Mm. And well, <laughs> it's funny, I went to a, there's there two churches on the same street. There's a Calvary Chapel... Moore Valley, and then there's nah. like one further down, nah. like further west. And I went to that church, and it was I, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was it was too much for me. They were very like I, I'm not I'm not against like dancing on the roads and none of that stuff. Yeah. It was just like I was it was too much. I was like I don't know what's going on. Like I just wanted to hear the word, you know? Yeah. Like because that's what I found when I went to Calvary Chapel. It's just like they teach the word, and like that's what I want to learn. Yeah. Because my focus always just learn, learn, learn. You know. And yeah. then, I wasn't very emotional. And that was more like an emotional based church. And was, that was cool, you know, but it, was, it just wasn't for me. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, and, and I, I love those kind of churches, man. Like, it's, it's funny because one of my um, friends from Instagram that I got to get to know, his name is Nevin, and he, uh, he belongs to one of the Pentecostal churches of Hillsong. Hmm. and they're very emotional, you know what I mean? Like, they they get up, they they worship, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's all about the worship experience. As us Calvary Chapel people, we're more about, like, let's treat the Bible like a Bible college. Let's learn as much about the history
1: right, and yeah. the,
2: the ancient Hebrew, the ancient Greek that we can so that we, you know, get this knowledge-based. So we, we, we worship with our mind. They worship more with you know, their emotion and none, none is wrong. It's just different flavors. It's just different
1: flavors. That's the thing. Like people didn't understand. Like you go to a church and maybe you you don't want to, you don't want to just learn the word. You want to like feel God's presence and and then God's there. And, but it's just like you, you want to be able to express that, and yeah. that was that was the biggest problem back in the day, right? Right. Because people were like, no, you can't do that. You can't. You can't worship. Like we're teaching right now, you know. <laughs> it's like so people like started splitting off and they started going, you know, creating their own churches. Like yeah. I want to worship. It's just the church has just really expanded like during that time it was just a lot of like different thinking and it was great like it worked out for everybody so find the place that you feel more most comfortable in you know
2: right and and one of the things that i've learned too ever since cuz and i always joke about this cuz I, okay i went back to bible college i dropped out like 3 times um, <laughs> and i finally <laughs> finished it this year and it was funny because when i got done one of the greatest things best wisdoms i ever got Was from Doctor Hill. She okay? So she she sat us all down. She says, "Check this out, y'all." She's like, "Y'all might be Baptists. Y'all might be Calvary Chapels. Y'all might be some Hillsongs. Y'all might be some, you know, other denomination I have not named yet." But usually in this region, that's typically you either Calvary Chapel, Mm -hmm. Hillsong, or whatever. And you know, she's like, "Now that you have the knowledge, now you have to learn." to submit yourself to God's will and not to your intelligence. And she's like, because you might be a Hillsong now, but God's calling you to like a Southern da- Baptist in Indiana. Right, right, right. That it, wow, you, yeah, you'll have true. to like, you know, go to submit to that authority you that's going to be over you. And yeah, it's to help yeah. the church itself grow. It's not about you anymore. It's about the Holy Spirit and how he wants to utilize you. Definitely. And... It really put a lot of stuff in perspective because when uh, the church plan happened in Marina Valley with Pastor Pete and um, all that, I, when I first got out of Bible college, I was like, All right, I'm not going to do it, Lord. I'm not going to do it. And then I started catching myself where we would get in these small little debates. And I was just like, No, this is wrong. I shouldn't be debating my pastor, especially at the church because that could separate right, the right. church. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I humbly, and I, and I apologized to him, and, and it was just a learning curve. I understand now more what Dr. Hill was saying is because you go to Bible college and you're taught their theology, but then you're called to go to a, you know serve at a church that might be a slightly different right, theology. Right. And the idea is not to go to the places that you disagree on, but go to the places that you know is true. Christ on the cross, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins, the grace to every sinner, and that God loves everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you focus on those things and you submit to those things, God uses it in brilliance of ways, man, and it's amazing. So,
0: Yeah, definitely. So, guys, if you're uh, joining us here on Pastors Guild podcast episode number seven 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 we're here with this uh amazing guy philip knox i mean we should have been recording since you got here phil yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's when the conversation started (laughs) as soon as he walked through the door you know he's been filling us with some awesome stuff you know i mean thank you for coming through you know
1: yeah thank you for coming thank you for
0: having me philip has uh the creator of a couple of projects really really cool projects he's got this one called uh, the warrior heart project and a comic book called called The Flip Knox Transplanetarium, which is awesome, man. I was checking it out. It's really, really cool. All right.
1: Well, I haven't seen this. So what, what, can you give me a synopsis?
2: Uh. Okay. So um, back when I was backslidden, um, I was really angry with God for something that happened in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what had happened was uh, what started my backslide is I went to Afghanistan and we were teaching these kids how to play baseball, and we were just like, you know, the typical American. We were bored soldiers and Marines, and we yeah, were yeah. like, sort of like, we got a baseball and a bat. Next thing I know, we're in the field out of nowhere playing <laughs> baseball. And these, um, these kids were like, okay, we want to know what this American game is, and so we, so we you know, taught them. And uh, then we go back, you know, we, we close down the base, let the kids go out, and then we get this horrific radio call. Um, over the thing that they're bringing an injured child. Mm -hmm. And then we get the story, these kids found a pineapple grenade from the old Soviet war. Wow. And, you know, because they don't know anybody. Like, this is is Shindan. For anyone that doesn't know, Shindan is like the boonies of Afghanistan. They are cut off from all, like, normal Western civilization. Right, right teaching like they you know they don't you know they don't know what a grenade is they they look at it they think it's a rock and they were trying to play this game of american baseball game we just you know they found a stick they got a rock and when she smacked it it popped in her face Mm. and we 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 tried everything to to save her life man we we tried and um and i i held that to god for a long time but not knowing it's but you know, knowing full and well it was man's doing, not God's, because God doesn't wish any war upon any nation. Right. But He'll, in
1: that moment, you're not thinking that. Yeah. You know. I was
2: just an emotional yeah. person. I was, I was mad, man. I was, I was deeply angered. Wow. So, that's crazy. That happened, and I backslid. And uh, during that time, though, um, it was kind of like this weird. You have like a strange relationship. I don't know if anyone's ever you know dealt with it in a strange relationship with their parents, but it it was with me and God for a long time. It was like I'll pray to Him when I needed something, but other than that, me and Him weren't really. That's
1: like ninety percent of the population. Yeah, (laughs) like it was. It was
2: like it was. It was almost like the the estranged you know call. Like we'll we'll kind of nudge each other a little bit, Mm -hmm. but no one really talked. It was all my fault, but it's because of just um, my negative emotions at that time. And uh, so what what inspired Transplanetarium was there was a transgendered woman that I found because I, I got flown to Hawaii. And Hawaii um, is like in the United States is the biggest transgendered um, community. Oh, really? Hawaii? Yes, yes. Wow. They call them Mahus.
1: That's crazy. I n- yeah. never, ever heard that. Yeah, I, never <laughs> I know. Crazy.
2: Well, trust me. Wait, if you nobody ever, talks about if, that. If you, if you want to like go date a girl in, in – um, why check for the Adam's apple first? That's like the best <laughs> thing I'll <laughs> tell you. That's um, how you know with the Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, I, and I read this old article, and it was just like how this guy, you know, picked up a girl and found out that, hey, she's transgendered and realized that he had a boyfriend. And, um, you know, because he was upset that there's this lifestyle he doesn't understand he goes and kills them both and i'm going is
1: part of your story
2: yeah yeah so so, it's just you know to why i i wrote it so when i read about how this human being didn't want to try to comprehend and understand somebody's right life choices automatically went from zero to i'm gonna kill them because they're different than i am yeah yeah i was just like okay i'm gonna write something about it and um and at that time, I was just like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So I started writing a comic script, you know. And I I was about 90% done with Bible college at the time. So I took a lot of scripture elements. And because um, I bounced between Christian Bible college and secular Bible college because of the fact that, you know, during my backsliding, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't want nothing to do with the church. I was like... Screw the church, God's wrong. He killed that little girl, and I was—I literally hung God on that for so long, and I feel so guilty. But, um, and so when I started studying the world religions part of my degree, you know, I studied about you know the the Islam texts, the Tao texts, the biblical texts, and I so I I took all those spiritual things and and. And one of the things that really got the ball rolling was I heard a small um, snippet from this guy named Nick. I can't remember his last name, but he's some Australian dude, and he has got like no arms, no legs. And he was talking about how he knew God placed him on this earth to be a sign of love. Because Mm -hmm. if you go in the book of John... Uh, I think it's chapter seven or chapter eight, I don't remember, but it's it's a touching story where like he was wondering why he was born without arms and legs. And it was so and he got the confirmation through God through prayer and reading the text that you know, like just like the blind man when Jesus, you know, like you know, the blind man asks Jesus, Why was I born blind? And Jesus answers, so that people would learn to love. And and I really thought about it. I was like, Well, if God can give somebody this misunderstanding you know this this disability of a cleft chin or a, you know blind in the eyes mm. deaf in the ears right. so that we would learn what compassion is what james three seventeen tells us what the wisdom of heaven is you know what i mean of yeah. compassion yeah. love and grace then you know there's a possibility that's the reason why people now are struggling with sexual identity is because we need to understand what it means to love past things that we don't understand, cultures that we don't know how to reach. Mm. We have to be able to be open-minded enough to go, okay, God loves these people regardless. He came to save all mankind regardless. Right, He did yeah. You know what I mean? And, but how do you reach them? How do you understand what they're going through? And each person's story is a lot different, and we just... we. And I think it's so sad that we criminalize this community within the church um, because of old stigmas or because we don't understand that way of lifestyle. Right, right. Um, You know, okay, so, you know, the Bible says in the Old Testament, you know, and and also certain parts in the New Testament that, you know, Paul reiterates, and oh, by the way, usually, you know, when they reiterate it's because he was a, you know, Pharisee teacher, So, you know, it goes through, you know, back and front, you know what I mean? Mm. Of like, why they separated within the, the sexual community of, okay, homosexuality is bad, this is why, so on and so forth. Okay. We understand that part from Paul's perspective. We understand that part from, you know, the old Testament perspective. Okay. But are we understanding it from Jesus' perspective? And my answer to that is no. Because if you look in the book of Luke, you know, oftentimes in the book of Luke, he w- went from a priest to a widow or a hooker and brought them to the same level. And the reason being is because back in those days, women back in those days didn't have any rights. Women back in those days, yeah, like if you, were, if you were to rape a woman, she couldn't even go to the judge and say, this man raped me. And the judge would be like, no, you're wrong. You, you have no rights. That didn't happen. You're just a piece of property. And the fact that Jesus went out, it was his way to bring that person to what is considered in that society's rock star status. You know, the priests were like rock stars back then and said, no, they're equal, that we need to teach everybody this equality thing. Right. And I think the church is is missing that. Right now? Right now. Yeah. in, 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 In a lot of things. Like, we don't have to agree with someone's lifestyle, but it does not give us... The um, the right to the them. right to disrespect them yeah in any yeah. way um, you know we we can love yeah, them you that's, know.
1: that's you know that's a great way of like thinking that because I, I do you don't see that anymore you don't see people like hey just love these guys like you don't have to love what they're doing, love the person, you know, yeah. right now you're saying like, "Ah, you're going to hell. Like, yeah. Like, it's just like, well, you're not, who are you to say that to anybody? You know, yeah. it's just as crazy. Anyway. So let's go back to your comic book though. So yeah. it, 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 you, you derived this story and then you just started building on it.
2: Yeah. So when I started breaking it down and, and I, and I like, I wrote it all out. Um, somehow, someway, Matt Hawkins of Top Cow and I became pen pals mm. for like a summer. I don't, I, <laughs> it was like Google plus. I was, you know, uh, I don't know how it happened. I didn't even know he was the Top Cow CEO. like, I'm being honest. I just thought he was a writer. Well, uh, what's Top Cow? Top Cow. Okay. So it's the sister, um, the sister branch of image comics. Mm, okay. Um, and Matt Hawkins was like one of their top like I he he's done this awesome brilliant comic book called Think Tank. And Think Tank is like about this guy that creates weapons for the government and mm-hmm. and it's all based off of um the US government's DARPA list, like weapons they wish they want to build for our wow. military. Oh, okay. And he's just like he just does this, ran with it and he, and then he's done this other um comic book called Tithe where these bank robbers will go after crooked t- churches Mm-mm. and rob from their <laughs> really? topic and give to the actual needy. And I was just nice. like, that was like, dude, that is hardcore, man. man I, 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 I gave him a thumbs up on that one. And he turned out to be like he, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And when he was on there, it was like once a week he would tell me how to get a logo right and just show me like. He even gave me notes of like stuff that he was working on and be like, do it like this. Right. And then I would just, like a sponge. And then he uh, introduced me to this guy named uh, Richard Pace, and which he worked with at uh, DC Comics. And he did a lot of stuff in the Image Comics um, back in the day. And, um, and I was a fan of Richard's for like ever. I was like a... a, a giggly schoolgirl, you know, just like yeah. did me one of my heroes, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I finally broke down to uh Richard and I told him this and he just started laughing one day over the phone. I'm just like and and what's cool is cause you know um Richard really helped me a lot with my inking and cause you know I was when I was inking comic books, man, my hand would cramp up and he's like dude you're you're choking the pen. Stop choking the pen. It's art. It, it's got a flow. You're like doing this wow. you know yeah. thing and so
0: essentially you
2: drew yeah a, a lot of it yeah oh essentially. You,
1: so you were artist also yeah you so were just writer
2: all right so I, I i started uh penciling it out and uh i hired this team from the philippines the original team and they took my sketches and they did their thing and matt got me an editor through um darby pop which is uh a like um a comic book studio based out of LA. Mm -hmm. Um, And there I met um, Christine uh, Chester and she understood the um, transgender uh, people a lot better because she herself was transgender. And so I basically gave her all the material and um, the original girl that was going to go on and, and help out with it, like it was like a shotgun blast, man. Assassinated a lot of the ideas, but then like she saw enough good potential there. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, you need to fix this, 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 and this. And I gave it all to Christine, and Christine just like worked her magic and made the this three part arc an amazing thing going on. Wow. And then um I uh contacted uh John Embria and um and his girlfriend at the time, I don't know if they're still together because I haven't talked to John in a long time, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Shala, Shala Lamar Mugat. and what I did, turn around, I went and I paneled all of what I wanted to done the way I wanted it paneled, recording right. right, the script, and I did all the artwork for the panels, and then I shifted to John. John sketched it his way, and then she went and did inks, and then John went and did colors, and then I did the finalization of the brights, and the lettering, wow. and we, you know, and then put it all together.
1: Right. So how long was your was your story like? How many comic books or? Are...
2: Uh, it was it was three issues. Okay. Um And but. But you completed your you're the story you wanted to complete. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh, I yeah I, I I completed the story that I wanted to complete. Um. But only anyone ever only ever bought issue number one. No one cared about <laughs> two or three. it nobody, nobody, <laughs> But no. what was funny to me was um how popular issue one became because and this goes back to the the whole thing. So what people don't understand about the transgender community um and, and when I launched the book um it became a bestseller um uh, on the comic circuit hmm. and I didn't understand how all that worked. Like I thought you're supposed to get like this little nice sticker that's what know, i thought. you know put on your, oh, own, I don't your do that. comic <laughs> like hey bestseller right um but then uh but it wasn't bestseller through amazon so i didn't get that whole thing what it got bestseller from was some underground like file sharing site and at first i was mad <laughs> like i was like dude we spent like almost a year on this thing and but then um the the, the woman i was seeing at the time. Um, she she told me, like, no, don't be upset about that. I was like, why is that? She's like, well, in Vietnam, transgender people were considered human. They mm. were, um, in Vietnam at the time, they were considered non-human. They weren't even allowed to have rights. Okay. Um, they couldn't own cars, they couldn't own houses, uh, be respected as human beings. They barely got told by their own government that, oh, by the way, you exist.
1: So your, your book touched... Yeah, a, a segment
2: comic book. Uh-huh. of
1: people that were considered people.
2: Right. And so that really changed my perspective. I was just like, so what you're telling me is, is that my comic book is being ta- being taken in by this community of people that told they didn't exist right. until this and I can't get mad at that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, when you yeah. realize you did something greater than yourself and you realized, okay, this is something worth going with. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then, you know, unfortunately around that time, you know, life just hit a wall. Cause the, the girl I was seeing, um, was doing some highly illegal stuff. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it the past is a past, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was just like, and it just ended up like, I'm not trying to get into it too much because like, you know, um, how can I get, get around? We'll put it this way. Um, she, you know, it, it, it just didn't work out. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, um.
1: So when when you you completed your comic book, it didn't really sell great, but the first issue obviously made a kind of an impact. Yeah, no. is, is it still out there? Do you do you plan on having more, or you're just done with that? Um, what I mean was it hard to do? Like no. other than the year of your life.
2: Well, it it was it was hard to do in the sense that like at first everyone's like. Dude, you're a straight, white, conservative male. What right, the crap you know? are you yeah, doing yeah. about this liberal <laughs> issue? <laughs> and, and I was just going, I, I, I just learned, I was just like, you know what? Just because I don't live the way, it doesn't mean I can't exactly, yeah. You know, speak my mind on how to treat someone as a human being. Right. You know what true. I mean? And that was a whole Very perspective true. of the comic was to treat people as human beings, to right, teach right. them, like, here's the door open to understand what these people go through so you understand, you know, what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, and there and there's so much more I could have put in there that I just, you know, 24 pages you can't put in. Like, because right. everyone's situation's different. Um, but,
1: but why did you choose a comic book? Why didn't you, like, just write a book or...
2: Yeah.
1: Well, what, what, like, what? Because I know my my reasons for a comic book is yeah. because I'm just a terrible writer. Like, I have all these ideas and I can throw them at people, and like that's it. I, <laughs> I can't draw either. You know, I started drawing. I'm like, oh god, I can't do this. Right. So I just like, well, you know what? I don't need a, I don't, I can't write like a descriptive thing. You know, it's really complicated for me. But I thought comic book would be an easier method route. or an easier route. Yeah. To right. to show people what you're trying to say, you know? So I mean, what was your reasons for that?
2: James O'Bar the Crow when I was 16 years old. Um, so when I was young, I I, I my vision was really bad. Like like my eyeball was like <laughs> cockeyed to the left so oh, hard really? that my sister Abigail um turned around and she realized I was having trouble, so seeing. So when I got finally got my glasses, I was like behind the curb about reading, and I was lazy because they would give me these books to read, and I was like whatever. And so my sister realized that I was paying attention to, the Spider-Man comic strip, right, in the, um, into the funnies, right, and she saved her money, and I, I still have the comic book by the way to this day. She saved her money, and bought me my first X-Men comic book. Cool. And she sat me down and taught me how to read through comics. And um, I don't know how, how much, you know, how long it was. I just remember that's what she did. Right. I don't know, you know, but... Uh,
0: so essentially you learned to read with comic books?
2: Yeah. Wow. Right, because it was a visual medium. And then I got to associate the action with, with the, the word. And then that's crazy. break down the, you know what I mean? And it worked out for me, you yeah. know? And, um, and so when I turned 16... Um, I got back. It was weird. Like, was, I had this love hate relationship with comics. Like, I, I'd go into them and get out. Cause, like, I'd get stagnant. It's like, oh, they're doing the same story over and over. And then back to my friend Matt Chaco. His older brother, Keith, had James O'Barr the Crow. And he goes, borrow this, read it. And I promise you, you'll want to look at different comic books than just superhero crap. Right
1: yeah you know that's funny because like they do they do end up having to repeat the storyline or re you know changing the whole world again, yeah and it's just like. But it can't end, you know, because yeah. it's you know Superman. Superman can't end. <laughs> like, yeah, has got to live on forever. You kill him like three or four times, just bring him back, you know. Right. But they can't do that. They can't finish these comic books. Like they finish a storyline. Yeah. But they'll never. they comic books will be there around for a right. while.
2: Right. Right. And, and and I think it it it's, the storylines are there for the generations coming up. You're not mm. meant to stay with the the one title for your whole entire life. Cause you, right. you grow out of it. You're like, you're like, well, I've read this before. Um, but when you get to the graphic me, uh, graphic novel medium, where it's more adult content, where people open your mind to different vast knowledges of wisdoms and, right, uh, right. cultures that you didn't think about. And when I really sat down and I read this beautiful, just the art of um, James O Barr, um, I was like, wow, what is this world? And um, then from there, I got turned on to Image Comics, and that's when I started reading Richard Pace right. and uh, Greg Capullo, one of my, another one of my heroes, which I got to meet um, through the comic book industry because of Transplanetarium. Um, and it was just this beautiful, like chaotic world of Spawn that was like you know, what is God? Who is God? Do I believe in God? Is God with me? And at 16, it made a lot of sense. But as I grew older and, and, I, and I, I see what, um. you know, like what they were doing with Spawn is a lot of us when we, in our young twenties and young, in our, in our teens and all that, what, this concept of God, what is it? Who he is? What is you know, it? Was he a judge? Is he a jury? Is he right. for me, against me? And, um,
1: but I think at sixteen, God is always just like a judge. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like that's a, you think right. of like God. He's like, oh, he just hates anything bad. And right. But I like bad music, so like, yeah, he right. must hate me. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like that attitude existed at sixteen, like for a lot of people. Right. I mean, not everybody. Obviously, you have your Christian kids that are like, were you know knew who God was, but then you got this other, you know, group that's just like, you know, they show God as being this beloved and like just. Not really loving, just really right. judging. You know, right? So people hate them. You know?
2: Yeah, <laughs> wow. and it, and it's and you and you get in this mentality, and so when you when you sit down, and um and you see what this world is open up to you through through spawn, and you're like, dude, this guy understands this conflict of what God is and what God isn't, right? And like he he he's venting it out. In such a brilliant way that like most superhero comics at the time wouldn't go near Todd McFarlane. I don't know what sparked his, his creativity to make spawn spawn, but the fact, and then the fact that he brought in great writers like Neil Gaiman, you know, to come in and develop this beautiful world. um, I was just like, it was like really cool and it wasn't until uh, I got a little bit older. Um, when I got saved, you know, initially, you know, I was like 17. Um, I free indeed that like a friend, a youth pastor that understood comic books and it showed me, you know, through comics and the Bible, like, you know, what, what Todd was really coming from because, right. you know, either, and I've, I've never met Todd. I don't know what his spiritual, I don't know if he, what, which denomination of, um, Christianity he comes from if he was coming from Baptist Catholic or whatever right I, yeah. I would assume Catholic because there's a lot of Catholic imagery within spawn
1: yeah I mean you, you yeah. notice that like Christianity doesn't really have that yeah like Catholicism is very rich in that like yeah. just any, anything like a saint or anything like that they'll... they'll right <laughs> they have a lot of stuff to use you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, yeah and uh so I I, I it, it helps me understand where where his you know, so your
1: your love of comic books is what, yeah, pushed you towards the comic book route. Route, is right?
2: That? Because to me, it was like it was an opening world to different cultures and wisdoms. Like everyone always thinks comics is like, uh, stuff for Billy when he's like eight years old. You know, right, get right. hurry up, take him down to Stater Brothers. It's an easy
1: eat. medium for them to understand, yeah. for anybody to understand. Right. You know, I mean, you have complicated books and like I read. When I was 16, I read uh, uh, The Theory of Relativity, and I wanted to understand that, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is not for (laughs) me. But it's it's not a book to read as a 16-year-old. I mean, I wasn't smart enough, I guess you can say, but it's just one of those things. Comic books are just so much easier for people just to read them and understand. So, But let's let's go ahead and cut to uh, our sponsor.
0: All right, guys. So we're going to hear this sponsor coming up. (laughs) So we're we're the sponsors. We're the sponsors. Yay! Yay. We're sponsoring ourselves. We're, we're
1: sponsoring we'll, we
0: Basically, we sponsoring we're say? ourselves. Okay. Oh, it's not episode 7. This guys. is not
1: episode 7. We made a mistake. This well, not is, no, I made a mistake. This is a bonus I episode. Did I did. So. was perfect. So
0: anyways, what this gonna, bonus episode? What for, are you going to talk about the sponsor?
1: Um, you know, you guys, we're working really hard and uh just you know, stay tuned. Don't don't give up on us. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't
1: give up on us. That's <laughs>
0: yeah, a very good uh, good thing to say. Don't give up on us. We're trying our best. This uh, we're asking Philip some key questions and. Not
1: really. No, but we, we're not, trying.
0: Not even any good questions whatsoever. Actually.
1: I mean, we had a one good or two good questions. I don't know. You guys tell us. So, but anyways, our our sponsor is us. We're sponsoring ourselves.
0: So guys, we're here with uh, Philip Knox, and author, sick Hugo. and and uh, Mr. Hugo <laughs> Sanders That is uh, sounds like a terrible. I don't know, like a turkey with. Well, uh, I don't know what, what do I like? <laughs> I feel like there's
1: a cap in my nose and it's just not letting me breathe.
0: Yeah, I wa- I wanted to say that you were sick because we were like, hey, what's up with the audio? Nana, what's up, what? what are you doing with the audio? Why what's does it sound uh? like that? <laughs> but no, it's just sick. But kudos to you, sir, for uh, coming through and yeah, I don't, I don't
1: let sickness hold me back.
0: And uh, I, I told him that you know Philip was gonna come through, and he was like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I can, I can pull off the podcast <laughs> and. We can uh, do this. <laughs> we can do this. So Philip Knox is the author of uh, Flip Knox Transplantarium and The Path to a Better Man. So what's up with The Path to a Better Man? Yeah, can tell you us give us a that. little bit of a summary of how it is, what it's about, how it came well, out? Well, first off, is it completed? Like yeah, it's yeah out, no, it's, it's
2: done, 100% uh, completed through so Westbrook uh, cool. Press, which is a Thomas Nelson. So back in 2006, I thought I was going to write a uh, my first Christian comic book uh, for Thomas Nelson. I pitched the idea to Thomas Nelson. Thomas Nelson's like, oh, we love the idea. Nice. And, um, <laughs> and then I never wrote it. Um, <laughs> so I, I got this huge publishing deal from like the, you know, North America's biggest Christian publisher ever known. And I... They, didn't wait, do
1: it. wait. Let me ask you about that. So <laughs> yeah. they, they were like, we love it. Did they give you any like guidelines? They tell you what you, no, they don't no, want it or no, They were just no. like, Make a Christian comic book? Because at the
2: time, no one was doing it. Um, There was the first time someone had the guts to go to them and say, let's do this. Now, 10 years later, they've got like Stan Lee working in their offices, helping them do Christian comic books.
1: So Stan Lee's doing Christian comic books?
2: Yeah. Helping. uh, Yeah. If you go through Thomas Nelson, they've got like a huge name of like a bunch of like Christian you know people are helping out with Christian text of how to do comic books uh because those Stanley Lee is not a Christian he's a, he's actually Jewish um he is 100% committed to the idea cuz yeah. um, i imagine
1: um, Stanley for the love of the comic book right. yeah, <laughs> yeah a, right. religion doesn't point. come yeah, into play
2: it's not about you know religion for him it's about yeah, like yeah. the medium he, yeah. he that dude just lives and breathes comics like i got to meet him one time and he he is I want to say he's a mutant in his own right. Like, he's got the superpower to, like, make everyone like him in the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. The,
1: you guys hear, like, he's been going through a lot of problems lately. Yeah, I heard yeah, it. Yeah, it. it's it.
2: bad.
0: Problems about what?
1: Well, like, like uh, I think his, his daughter. Like, somebody took control over all his rights to like
2: be yeah oh my god it's terrible it's it's been crazy it's really been crazy it's really been bad
1: I mean I feel bad for the guy I mean he's getting older but he like uh, where did I see it must have been like on Reddit or something. Like he was talking about, he just didn't want to live anymore. What? How really? bad things have gotten. For like, oh, I was like, dang. But he's so loved by so many people. Right. You know, it's it's kind of like as soon as he shows up sad. on this, on any yeah on anything, market, people he just go crazy. <laughs> but it's like yeah. he doesn't have any like legal rights, or somebody's in charge of his legal rights. Yeah. And like, it's just oh my god, it's it's just bad. It's just sad, you know. Yeah. But he he seems like so. Such a good guy. <laughs> I assume. I assume. He's, I
0: assume he's happy though. You know, he's done so, I, so many things. He's not things. talking about. Well,
1: I think in the moment right now. Yeah, I maybe mean, in the moment. Living through misery, but it's it's, it's terrible what's happening a, to him. Anyway, sorry. We just.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: hey, you know it, it. I love talking, man, because you get to like open all doors and yeah. just you know explore it. Very um, true. Very true. But, so your book. Yes, the path to a better man. Um. So. I wrote from the experiences of my backsliding um, and the, the, the wisdoms I've learned. And one of the, 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 the things that, because so to, to open up, and this is the reason why I, I wrote it under the, the pseudonym Mark Yazzi was because like Peter, you know, came from Simon. Right. You know, Saul became Paul. You know, Levi became Matthew. Um, your past doesn't define you. You know what I mean? You're a new name in Christ, and right. um, so I've had a lot of hardships in my life that eventually, I, I, it was learning one how to love people properly, and you know, and I think that's the reason why the Holy Spirit led me to to do this like devotional slash like um, life revealing book was because um, we in today's society we learn to love instantly. You know what I mean? Right. Swipe left, you know? Um, you know oh, I yeah, think, there's no getting to
1: know people. Just right. See, do you like that picture? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly, right? And uh, But there's so much more to it, and it was learning what forgiveness was and understanding. And really, to be honest, um, the, the toxic relationships of my life, from the alcoholic mom and the abusive right. grandmother in Arizona, um, to a woman who struggled with cocaine issues that I tried to save that really tore me apart. Mm -hmm. Um, it, 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 it was seeing people for the first time through God's eyes from a much mature understanding. Right. And thank God for, um, you know, uh, my wife now, Edith who pulled me through the hell of understanding all that junk that happened because like when i was writing that book my emotions from years of child abuse that happened that i just like buried right. down deep didn't reveal to anybody
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know wow. until
2: like a few years ago like my, my aunt when she found out she cried she's like this happened to my nephew what the heck and my uncle's like wow, he, he suspected but he didn't under you know right. right right and then um and then then this issue that happened with This woman in Australia, um, where, you know, you, you're, you know, like you lie to somebody so they'll stop doing drugs. So they'll be better for themselves and the people around them. So you get them to, but then when the lies fall, you're like holding this bag of, oh crap, what do I do now? Yeah. So it's like temporary. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, um, And learning from the wisdoms and like, you know, Pastor Pete being there and when the PTSD from all that stuff coming through, like giving me a job to where like as my mental stability was coming back, you know, uh, because, you know, when when you really struggle with PTSD from all that crap, man, you don't. It's hard to hold to hold a single thought. You know, I can only imagine trying to hold a regular job. And the, the blessing about Pastor Pete owning his own construction business, he helps men get back on their feet and refocus right. their right. mind and their hearts. Wow, it's crazy. You know, and it was just like, and there was days where I couldn't really produce more than just sh- raking the ground because my emotions were just like this. And you know, those times where Edith literally dragged me out of bed, shaved my face, threw me in the shower. You know to get me to face the day because I was just so broken about it, and this book that you know, um, was just taking all of what I've learned to understanding what it means to forgive. Because first, to forgive, you have to understand the other person where they come from, right? right? Yeah. To understand why they just what, and then when you realize that the addictions that people have is because of the fact that something broke them from their past, and then you're just Talking to the, the chemical dependency that makes them this narcissistic person that will gaslight you. Like the one of the things I talk about in the book is like um, the the lady that I was with. She did this thing called uh, gaslighting, which is like, watch, shake my hand real quick. Why'd you shake my hand? Why did See I shake? My hand? <laughs> did no. I? Are you crazy? That's what gaslighting is. It's oh, a mental abuse, sane. right? It's this mental abuse thing, and like that's and crazy, right? And <laughs> like. I even, I thought it was because she was tripping out from coke so much that I even videotaped it, like, without her knowledge. And I was, like, I was going to, like, show her one day, but then when the lies came down, I was just, like, and I started talking to um, therapists and psychologists. like, no, she was gaslighting you because that's what cocaine addicts do. They're known and they're notorious for it. I even showed them the video, and they're, like, yeah, dude, no, she's gaslighting. It's because of the coke codependency. Right, right. And I'm sitting there wow. trying to save this person and um but you were trying to save
1: somebody that didn't want to be saved or Yeah,
2: pretty much. That's, you know what I mean, like they didn't think that they needed to be saved from to, the yeah, thing. Yeah. And um and learning t- and what what was hard about it was was like understanding why I tried so hard. And uh, the one therapist was like, "Well, no, it's cuz you grew up in an alcoholic mom. You grew up with someone that was addicted like her her sons right. were like you and your brother like you literally saw someone that you maybe can save so that they could be better for their family so your book is about
1: like your experience and things that, that have happened in your life mm-hmm. but like um,
0: learning to go
2: through it right learn and, is it is it like a, not a biography <laughs> It, it, it's 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 a weird mixture biography slash devotional. Like I took it's like taking God's word right. and going, this is where I screwed up and why, and this is why the Bible says this for a reason. Oh, okay, okay. So like and you know and and try to share the, the you know what it means to be something and you know and when the lies came down, man, I. You know, because I wanted her to stop. I let all of the, 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 her, you know, like when, you know, cause there for a while the cops were like, you know, cause she was hanging out with some bad people and the cops came to me a long time ago like, Hey, you're going to get some information on these people. Um, tell us. And so what I uh. didn't tell her was, was the reason why I was, t- you know, talking to her about her life was cause I was going to snitch her out to the cops. Um, Which, you know, and I just... i this was
1: in Australia? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, it's very complicated, man. It's very, very complicated. Like, I I can't really go too much into it, but, like, it's... Because when you get out of the military and they put you in this nice little dark room that says, you're going to sign this. You're not going to talk too much about anything. You can't, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. This goes with your security clearance, so keep your mouth shut type thing. So I don't really get to... Yeah, Go into depth of what happened. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, but, it's okay. We don't have to go into yeah, depth. Yeah. No, that, but but, we're interested in what your book is telling yeah, us. To do. So the,
2: it, it's just basically learning from the mistakes that I made from those situations. So like help
1: somebody that might be going through the same thing. Right. Exactly. Well, somebody that's dealing with somebody that does right. drugs is it's always a good, you know. Right. You need a handbook for that stuff. Because right. it's, it's not easy.
2: Right. And not only that, like I was... Like one of the things I shared in the book is like um when when the lies fell down, I just ratted every sin she ever did out to anybody so they would stop her. And the I think the scariest part for me was was some of the family members that I reached out and told, they're like they knew and they didn't care. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Yeah. But at the same time, um you know, I was just like and I made some stupid threats to you, because I just didn't want her to throw her life away. Like I just I didn't know you know, why I had to save this person from themselves. Is your is yeah. your
1: book is the majority of your book about this story?
2: Yeah. No, I wouldn't say about that. It was just life in general, you know. Um, and um and it's you know, it continues to go from there. Um and in fact here let me go ahead and
0: yeah you know you know what's amazing to me when like you're saying that is, is do you think that's when things start changing when you kind of like confronted your uh your, your I guess your your past right and then what right. happened? because that, that's what i hear about a lot of people like you know for example like Oprah Winfrey like she had a terrible like crazy <laughs> terrible like it's not a, you won't even like believe it. i don't i don't i don't remember like i think like she had a kid, and her kid got raped by her uncle, or something like that. Wait, are, you she right. was, are you thinking of the movie *The Precious*? No, I'm thinking about like what really happened to her. Like, right. You like, what, what, you know, and, and I and I feel like I was also listening to somebody else. He he's got a his name is Lewis House. Lewis House. He's like a famous uh, mm-hmm. football player, and then you know he was like very successful, or he, or he is very successful, but he was never happy. Even though he was making a lot of money, he was never happy. So Correct. he's like, things changed. Like, I guess his one time he went to a seminar. Yeah. And uh, he saw, I-, I guess, like, you know, it was the end of the seminar. And people were like, if any of you, got, if you guys got anything to say, now's the time to say it. And he's like, Ugh. and he just got up, like, instinctually. And he's like, I got, you know, raped by my dad when I was, like, seven. Totally so right. he's, <laughs> he, he leaves. Like, he just leaves and starts crying and, you know, he runs as fast as he can, hits a fence. And then somebody hugs me hugs me hugs him from behind and says i just lo- i love you so much for saying that and then nah. he's like what what do you mean and he's like i just feel so much better you know now that you that you said you nah. now that you sick, i got so many things and i feel i don't know like and you got hugged by like the thousands of people in the seminar just right. hugging him one by one and why he was crying on the fence so it's like i feel like when people you confront know,
1: their past yeah
0: confront their past or, or i guess not are not so you know i i guess uh I I don't really know too much about it, but you know they they feel so um like blocked by what happened, you know. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. That's that's very common. It. Like a lot of people just hold that in mm-hmm. until they let it go, and then like, yeah, it's like you can finally start healing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: like I often tell people, like that relationship in my life was like the grenade pin that got kicked out, so my heart can go. Right. You know, wow, and weird. it just finally and facing all that stuff. Um. You know, it, it was hard. It was really, really hard. It was, um, you know, like to, to face through that garbage and just see what was going on. And, um, you know, like one of the things that I often share is like uh, during that time, like and I'll, I'll share a small story. So uh, a loved one of mine um, tried to got ended up in the hospital. I won't tell what happened because right. that's her story. But, um, and I really needed this person to be there for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was, it was a long distance. relationship. I was in Hawaii. She was in Australia. And when I needed it, all of a sudden she's like, yeah, you know what? This is too much. I gotta go. Um, we're over. And she went and got high off of drugs. Well, it's and, easier to deal with. Yeah. And I was just like, I here I, I I gave money, my time, everything to help this person. And when I needed them, they went, let right. me go get high. Right. And dropped me like a bad habit. And I just was so distraught. Like, I took uh, too many um, sleeping pills with some alcohol. And I... I saw my body and I hit the floor. I OD'd off of uh, sleep medication, wow. Wow. and uh, my friends um, Austin Garza and Brendan Corey came to my rescue. They they went in my apartment because I used to leave my door unlocked in Hawaii because Hawaii is like is where it? I was living. It was like there's <laughs> th- th- no one's gonna rob you in it's Hawaii. that kind of place. <laughs> you know? It's a different world. Like, no it's one, a different world, right? You know, no one cared, and they came in and <laughs> they they revived me and. You know, four or five hours later, she calls back, crying her eyes out, like, "I can't believe I did that to another human being. What was wrong with me? Blah blah blah," um, and it just made me realize when I came back out of that world. Um, you know, like I was like, "Okay, it was it wasn't her. It was the chemicals that she was depending on." Right. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was trying to look, and I realized that she was depending on an escape to get away from that life. But at the same time, um, you know, the escape I offered was a falsehood, which was wrong, you know. But uh, you know, understanding like, you know, when when someone's addicted to a, a substance anytime to you know they get it to medicate from their past right and man she had a jacked up past but you know like you know vietnamese refugee that just came across and then parents that were you know torn apart from you know life after the vietnam war plus you know growing up in a society that just said you know what you're gonna go live over here if you make it great if not you know who cares um and you got all this craziness stacked against and of course she's you know some people will go gravitate towards the positivity and go like I'm gonna come out stronger, and become right. like your Oprah's your, you know, uh name it insert motivational speaker here yeah. type mm. thing. Or you're gonna get the next guy that's gonna be like, you know what, screw this crap. It's all about me. I'm gonna take care of me. Right. And, you know, and it's not that not necessarily that they are a evil person. It's just they're making bad decisions because they become self destructive. Because you know what's just I've been given a bad hand. I've been treated badly. This is all I'm gonna be. Here's my medication. This is what's gonna happen. Right. And I'm just gonna throw myself away, you know. Yes. And and some days they'll they'll pull themselves out of it and then but they'll go back. And it's just so anytime something makes them feel like they're getting thrown away, they'll go back to the medication to Right, well that's deal an easy fix, it. right? Right. Yeah.
0: So is that is that what basically the path of a better man um, yeah. is 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 about is yeah. for somebody going through that?
2: Yeah, it was it, it's it's learning to love properly through hardships, heartaches, child abuse and drug addicts. Like it's taking a mess and turning it into a message. Right. Um and 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 learning cuz you you can never stop learning to love properly. And to learn to love properly, I guess the best person I've ever, the best wisdom I've ever heard came from Jensen Graham when I met him for the first time and before he went on this tirade with it. But he said to to love properly, you have to love like you've never been hurt. And that's what Christ has done. If you think about it, Christ, literally all the offenses, everything we've ever done that hurt him, and you know what I mean, Right. He's loving us regardless. and yeah. to, to pull me back after the backsliding, all the people I've heard, all the lies I've said, you know, and like and I often tell people, God took a alcoholic lying um misogynistic, you know person that cared only about himself, dragged him back to with a ton of grace so that he can give wisdom that's that's mine. That's where I, I come from. Right. You know? And um, and that's why I was just like the path to a be better man. I, I have to be better than what I was. If I ever get the, the chance to help somebody like this person, one, I will never lie again because I could see where the lies come from and how they hurt. Because even if you're lying, just to save somebody doesn't mean you it, – it's not right. You know what I mean? Because the falsehood is going to end up hurt worse anyway.
1: Yeah, well ultimately it doesn't work out. Right. And
2: <laughs> so, you know, you turn around and you go, Okay, here's the truth. This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be the best person I can. I'm and then two, I'm gonna turn around and what all this wisdom I've gained from all this, I'm gonna give to other people. So when they go face the situations I faced, right, they won't make the same mistakes. Right. That's and good. it's amazing, yeah. That's, yeah, amazing,
0: so that's about yeah. it. So, guys, check out the path to a better man. Well, where can be uh, our
1: fans
2: find your? Uh, your book? Well, all my work. Um, the easiest way is go to amazon.com. Amazon.com. Um, the path but, to better, Be a Better Man. Yeah, Path to Be a Better Man is uh, from the pseudonym uh, Mark Yazzi. And then uh, if you want to check out Transplanetarium, it's under Flip Knox. So awesome, awesome. Go.
0: I had a question before. I wanted if you would give out some steps. To make a book or a comic book. Like somebody listening right now is like, man, I want to make a comic book or a book. Yeah, our got,
1: steps are not. <laughs> say, okay, okay. say they got All the right.
2: idea, right? All right. And like, what do I do next? Okay. So if you There's have an step idea. Step by step. Okay. The first thing that I learned was. Number one. Number one, make sure you plot it out. You have to plot that sucker out and plot it out. Like what each comic book's going to do mm-hmm. to the okay. where the whole arc's going to go. I'm taking notes. Right. All right. Next you got to write out the script for each one and okay, then adjust the plot points to that because as you write you realize there's certain it's called killing your darlings you have to like filter out like what what plot points don't really go and what might change
1: right right and too. then number three.
2: number three I would say uh, get an artist that is worth their weight in salt, and and here's what here's what I mean. Um, I don't mean to insult the artist community, but it's going to be kind of a backhanded compliment a little bit. Everyone wants to be paid the Marvel price, <laughs> <laughs> but not everyone is worth the Marvel price. Right, right. Uh, right yeah. Some are, you know, an apprentice like the best way I'll, I'll break it down like this a journeyman apprentice you know what I mean not everyone is the mm-hmm. top skill yet yeah yeah so don't expect it to be paid the top skill just because you think you're the next Todd McFarlane doesn't mean everyone in the room thinks you are um definitely that's true and so and for writers just be patient you know like if it's a fighting that that artist that fits your goal that fits your ideal um look at what it is and remember here the other thing too and the other part is um go what you feel don't go off of what some indie guy tells you like when you go to the 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 conventions uh, like wisdom is great but the wisdom that you should only be listening to is the people that made it into marvel the people that made it into top Cal, the people that right, made right. it into right the top uh, Don't listen to the guy that like rented a table from you know SDC and (laughs) he's been doing it for 20 years, but yet he's never published any book with Marvel. And by the way, some there's some artists out there that have been published with Marvel, and this is a pitfall too that people don't understand is but they were a fill in artist. So they're getting paid the you these indie guys are paying them the Marvel rate, but they only got like a fill in issue with Marvel. They didn't get a full run. Like right. the main artist got sick, and just because this guy can mimic the, the main artist's right, thing, right. you know, everyone's like, oh, he got Marvel, so then I'll pay him his Marvel rate. And I'm like, no. Not with um, <laughs> Marvel No, that's not because no one's gonna care. The only reason why you pay that Marvel rate is because everyone knows that's John Ramita Jr his name's going to sell your book because his fans are going to buy your book. Wow, that's true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's the reason why you pay John Romita Jr. his outrageous amount because he earned it. He put the teeth to the grind. He starved to death. He got there. He got his name in the lights. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So if their name isn't recognized within the, the community, don't pay them that Marvel rate. I don't care how awesome their stuff is. If they don't have... The following you need cuz here's the other part about creating a comic book okay is the marketing aspect if they don't have a gr- if the artist doesn't have a great following on their accounts right, right. Uh, where people are literally you know if they don't got like 10,000 15,000 plus don't pay them those rates because they don't have a following mm. the reason why you want the Makes artist sense, right? You know, to, to you want to get the guy that has the following because you know someone's going to pay attention to your book. You know what I mean? Unless you're an established writer, then it's the other way around. If you're an artist, try to get with a writer that's got you know the next Mark Millar or you know you know mm-hmm. you know insert you know or Stan Lee. You know, like you try to get the the caliber of people to to your product that can help advertise it. Because if their name can advertise your book, you're already halfway there. Because then you just build the rapport off of who you have within your account. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh So, like, if, and and don't be, and I'm not trying to say, you know, take it lightly, a good artist, a good artist typically will have 2,000 to 3,000 followers. That is good for your book because if you're barely starting out, you know, then what's gonna happen is if you sell on Amazon for the first hour, right? And they have your artist has three thousand followers. Out of those three thousand followers, because you sell it your comic book for ninety nine cents on Amazon, right? Um, then you get this awesome little Amazon sticker that says "Number One Bestseller" because you sell <laughs> Out of those three thousand people, you sold a hundred copies within an hour, and they slap that stupid bestseller sticker on it. <laughs> now you got like a a a a gimmick for your book. Like, hey, I'm bestseller on Amazon, yeah, and most people don't understand it and go we're going to fu- that's literally what happened with my comic book. Like somewhere along the line in some little database, it got slapped with the bestseller sticker <laughs> on it. And everyone's like, it's, it's automatically a good book. No, it's because at certain, <laughs> some certain points so enough got bought. Right, was, right, right. You know what I mean? And, and you're, once you get your team established, you, you, you want to establish the ones that will help promote the book the best. Um, and you know what I mean? You look at the following. Like, even if they're an indie guy, that's it's great to have an indie guy. What you're paying for is you're paying for their talent and their notability. Let me ask something. Do you... um,
1: So your book, not your comic book, but your book, did you... Did you ever bring that to any churches or anything like that? Did you try to promote there? Like, there's obviously a lot of Christian bookstores. Yeah. Like, is your book there or is it just strictly on Amazon?
2: Oh, no, it's everywhere, man. Um, Westbow Press, Thomas Nelson, when I, when I came back and I said, I call, it was so funny. So I was praying, like, Lord, I wrote this book. What do you want me to do? And I was, I, I was, somehow I ended up somewhere where John Gray was teaching. Um, and, <laughs> and as, as soon as I prayed, he's just like, You know that book you should have done ten years ago? God's telling me now you gotta go do it. And I was like, It's not that easy, right? And I call up my old publisher, like, yeah, we'll publish you, but actually we'd rather publish that than the original idea that you had. Wow. <laughs> and I was going like That's amazing. <laughs> All right, God, you know what? Cool. And I stuck my cell phone back in my pocket. And um, and they just, you know, opened it up to anywhere. So you can get the book anywhere, really. I just say Amazon because it's the most world-renowned thing. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the unchurched is not going to know what Calvary Chapel or Hillsong is. They're not going to care. Like, I, mo- I go to the unchurched sometimes, like, so you know Hillsong? Oh, you mean the Jesus Channel? Yeah, we'll run with that, dude. The Jesus Channel, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and 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 like, or hey, you know, you ever know who who Chuck Smith is? No, is he? He's the guy that makes the the the, the Smith shoes, right? No, he definitely is not. But we'll run with that too, you know. Like, it, it's it's they they're not gonna know. They're not gonna right. understand those things. So I just go with Amazon because everyone. Buys crap off of Amazon. Right, yeah. So I was just like, just go there. It's there, go there. Um, It's the the easiest run to, unless you have iTunes or Google, whatever. You can can buy there, too, if you want. I don't care. I'm just saying. That's true.
0: So, yeah, so... For sure, for sure. Philip, thanks for coming along. Yeah, thanks for coming. Phillip. Guys, check out this is our first the guest. path to <laughs> be another man. <laughs> the little um, Hugo didn't count. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> Hugo Square is yeah. not here uh, to meet Mr. Philip. But thanks for, I hope you guys, you know, get, check this book out. It's awesome. And uh, we'll be seeing you soon, hopefully, you know. All right. Definitely. Just stay
1: tuned to Pastor's Guild. Stay tuned.